uh, my old dog, um, Brutus, <laughs> rest his soul. Um, he was just one of those dogs that just was, you know, just super wise, super, super wise. He was just a wise being. He was, um, you would know, sort of launch a ball and he'd look at you and like, well, that was kind of stupid now. You're going to go get that. But everybody that came into contact with him were just like, man, what an absolute chiller. And he just taught me a lot about um, patience and temperance and just being accepting and there was no no one that he sort of came in touch with that wasn't pleased to meet him like you know and um and even with like other like he was a big dog and um a couple of times you know there was a couple of big dogs that you know being big dogs arced up at him and he definitely put them in their place mm-hmm. that was something I learned from him as well that it's important to have the composure and the strength to know when you need to act but you never really need to wear your brawn on your chest you know it's just sort of just you know just be comfortable, be content, yeah, not being like macho or like egotistical or anything and just being like a really sentient being. G'day for Rothers. You know those around us who operate at high energy levels? From friends, family, through to the famous. Those who emanate enthusiasm. They inspire you to be better. Their words give you a rush. This rush fires off dopamine right in the middle of your brain's reward centre. My theory is that at times, just before we need to hit our straps, to tap into peak performance in our flow state, we find these people and harness their energy. I call this energy froth. I call these people frothers. This is a journey to find the frothers, to understand how they inspire themselves and others to be their best. And I'll pass it on to you on this podcast, dare I say frothcast, so you can fly into your next challenge, beaming, pumped and full of energy. This is a coffee shop with a Red Bull chaser. This is Finding the Frothers. Hey Frothers, what's cracking? It's uh, going to be my first release of 2020 for this podcast. Still in the first series of Finding the Frothers. Uh, still absolutely love podcasting. I definitely love, in terms of podcasting, the actual conversations. Um, yeah, and this one is rad. And even though it was a while ago, when I get to listen back to it, I'm just like, fuck yeah. This is uh, Amrit Sandhu. And uh, probably the dude, maybe we should call him Amrit Sandy You, because he does this, you, like the loudest you I've ever heard. And I love, I'm partial to a you. You've probably heard me say you a few times. Um, but yeah, this guy, he just lives and breathes it. And it's kind of like a expression of how much he just froths on life. He's an all-time frother. Uh, in the episode, we discuss, actually, I should, I've got to talk about his smile. If you, I'll, I'm sure I'll put it in the picture, but... um. Yeah, he's got one of the biggest smiles ever, so I'm sure you can kind of feel his smile through the audio. See if that's possible. Give it a crack, let me know if it works. Maybe I'm just talking shit. But anyway, um, in this episode we talk about a bunch of stuff. It's rad. Uh, We talk about dogs as frothers. That's probably one of my favourite topics that we cover. And meditation is a huge part of Amrit's life. Actually, when I met him the first time, I was volunteering for Mind Valley, uh, a company that he works for, and um, well, he he collaborates or co-liberates with. Uh, and yeah, a big part of his part of the workshop was all around meditation and um, mindset, and yeah, telling personal stories and transition. You'll notice a huge transition and um, for anyone out there listening who doesn't think that they can follow a passion and then, I mean, it sounds cliche and there's a lot of bullshit around it at the moment um, around this, but uh, Emirate is kind of living, breathing, uh, doing the thing where he followed his passion and then now he gets to speak on stages around the world and inspire people through the things that he loves rather than 
um, the old nine to five jam that he was doing previous. Uh, we talk about mysticism, talk about the universe. We talk about frothers, of course. Who would have guessed? And uh, yeah, we talk about relationships and and all the good stuff. And uh, I just really love Amrit's um, insights, his personality. And just an all-round fucking great dude. So, um, without further ado, let's get into this podcast. And um, oh, also, just before I do, um, yeah, like, subscribe, do all that stuff. Uh, I always forget to do this, but yeah, it's been really rad to get some of the random feedback from people um, on, you know, on Facebook and across across the interwebs. So yeah, if you haven't already, please do. And you know, there's a there's a workshop um, number 22. If you want to do the finding the frothers process for free uh, with Chandler Stevens, so I'm going to continue to plug that because I'd really love all you guys to do that because it'll just give you a, a better insight into what I'm talking about and, and and even the the answers that and the questions that I'm asking uh, these beautiful people that I'm interviewing. And so let's rock and roll. Let's get it. Let's get down to business. Amrit Sandu, far away, son. G'day, frothers. Welcome to another episode of Finding the Frothers. As usual, I have an absolute frother for us on this week's episode. Uh, welcome, Amrit Sandu, mate. <laughs> it is such a pleasure to be here, brother. <laughs> awesome, mate. Um, so we met probably about a month ago. Uh, you were presenting as an official Mind Valley um, facilitator. Is that what you call it? Yeah, speaker, facilitator, all the above. Yep. Yeah, uh, and and the reason I reached out to you is, I mean, we, we you touched on flow state, and something I call froth state is uh, connecting with people to uh, yeah connect connect with frothers, and that allows me to access a, a state of flow. Uh, dude, so you you are you are a man of many talents. But tell us a little bit about um, your work with Mind Valley and how that links into the company you founded, Inspired Evolution. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So um, the Inspired Evolution basically is there to help people live the life they love, and um, it started with me basically being in a in a corporate job that you know wasn't the end of the world, but at the same time, it wasn't. Um, nobody in my job on the corporate ladder exhibited any of the qualities or had the lifestyle or was living the life or having the impact that I wanted to have on this planet in the time that I was here. And so that was kind of, you know, it was robbing me of meaning because I was like, well, I'm just going to work. I've just got bills. I'm just generating bills. Just even the simple idea of the fact that I was out of the house for like 12 hours of the day, paying rent for the house that I was out of for 12 hours of the day when I really wasn't using it, you know, it was just like this weird sort of thing was going on. And so basically I started a podcast called The Inspired Evolution. Um, and the whole idea was basically um, what I'm driven by is actually health and purpose. And mm -hmm. so my idea is that we're the healthiest, most vibrant version of ourselves when we're living on purpose. And so that kind of became a school for purpose, school for, you know, it became a personal development space for myself. And the only caveat and catch was that I could get these inspirational people to come on and have these conversations with me as long as I shared those conversations with other people, just as you are doing through podcasting now. And uh, so I've been on that journey for a while and uh, obviously the values and the work has been quite tight and quite strong with some of the work that Mindvalley offers. And, um, and yeah, so I've absolutely loved the work Mindvalley do and uh, really respect Vishen um, Lakiani's thought models and processes. And he went through much the similar process interviewing, you know, some of the greatest minds and then coming up with his own methodologies and understandings around that and then sharing that with the world. So there's a lot of resonance there and um, basically they were looking for ambassadors to, I think they were looking for 
two dozen, 24, yeah, 24 uh, ambassadors to carry their work around the world. And um, when that offer came up, it kind of made like, it was a, it was a no, no brainer. Yeah, no brainer, exactly. Um, Pointing to the logo. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, and you've actually presented on the Mind Valley stage, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So I did that in California, in Estonia, and then obviously we set up our own stages in Australia and presented on those as well. So yeah, and we're off to uh, Croatia this year as well. So you know, it's an absolute blessing to be able to speak internationally. And I think just having um, you know Mind Valley as a bigger brother brand to the Inspired Evolution has really held a lot of space for the Inspired Evolution to grow into to be able to speak on these um, international stages. And uh, yeah, that's uh, been an absolute blessing. Mate, that's awesome. I actually spoke with Vision when we were speaking separately at a different at a conference, and uh, I told him I was going to speak on a Mind Valley stage at some stage. So hopefully, I can follow in your footsteps there. Mate, you're already there. The fact that you can see it means it's already happened. So just that's keep... right. It's happening. He told me to. He told me to to uh, go and do a TED talk. <laughs> so I was like, so I was like, righto, mate. I've been hacking my way into a TED talk. Um, more to come, frothers. Uh, babe, what have you? What about your life at the moment has got you absolutely frothing at the moment? Um, so at the moment, um, just with the speaking and the travelling at the moment, it's been kind of um, really incredible. Uh, touch wood, coming from a really humble place, but I was spent um, uh, some time in Georgia and Israel. So Georgia, that was part of um, Russia, so not the states. Um, so I got to travel over there to do some work, and then uh, was back, and then travelled up the central coast of Australia, up to the central coast of Australia to do some work. And then um, now I'm back and I'm off to Thailand for two weeks to do some work. And then I'm back for a month and I'm off to Brazil for a month to do some work. And uh, so basically just that's really, um, it's been kind of, it's, it's a lot to really digest how much travel has been made available to me through this work of coaching, speaking. Um, and I, you know, it's only been uh, 12, less than 12 months that I left my job. Um, so touch wood, it's, it's just a lot to digest really. Um, but that's really got me frothing out because I, I just can't really, and I always had this vision of, you know, living and traveling and speaking, um, and having the opportunity to travel while I worked and, you know, earning my income doing that. I just didn't think it was really possible. Some part of me inside and yet here it is and it's becoming a reality. So I'm absolutely frothing out of that at the moment, brother. Well, mate, I know, I know why having heard you speak and, and listened to and, and taken on, on board a lot of the things that you were saying, uh, which leads me into my next question. And the reason that you can operate at these high froth levels and inspire other people is because of your daily practice. And it's part of what you guys teach uh, through your training. Um, what is the one thing, though, that has you operating at your peak performance? Absolutely. Um, and I think you already know the answer to this question. And for me, it's meditation. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, comes from like a bit of a background with, you know, it wasn't always smooth sailing. I struggled with depression for about five to seven years. Um, and it's definitely something that has, you know, it came from our greatest challenges come our greatest gifts. And, um, and yeah, that was, that was the gift that came to me from my challenge of depression. And ever since then, it's helped me so much I'm the person that I am, become self-aware and the power of self-awareness and how that infuses into your reality when you really accept that um, is just phenomenal. And then learning to share that gift with others was just a natural byproduct of it giving me so much that I had to go on and share it onwards. And that's kind of what you see me traveling around speaking about. Beautiful, beautiful, mate. Um, what's some music that you absolutely froth on? And don't be, don't be afraid to uh, drop whatever bombs. Yeah, so to be honest, um, I, I really love reggae. I really yeah. love reggae. <laughs> something about reggae that just, 
That's flow, mate. It just it just cuts through everything. If I can, I'm just going to bust out my phone. There was a song that I listened to yeah, at least a um, couple of mornings of the week. It'll be on repeat. Um, it's called 44-876, um, and it's by Sting and Shaggy. <laughs> a really odd combination. But I've been listening to that, um, yeah, on repeat a lot at the moment. Um, yeah, just reggae really gets me into the zone. Um, and also anything by Narco, if anybody knows Narco there, um, one of his songs is Black as Night and it goes along the lines of, I believe in the good things, come in, come in, come in, come in. I believe in the good things, come in, come in, come in. And it's just really positive and just really gets you going and the, the guitar's amazing and the bass is awesome. So, yeah. Mate, that's the first rendition we've had on Finding the Frothers of a song. Maybe I'll put people on the spot and get them to do it. That was awesome. <laughs> Mate, uh, from your inner circle, we call them boundary frothers. Who's someone that you can rely, rely on at any stage? Um, you know, as you, as, you, as you shared this, um, the thing that's come up for me is 100% my girlfriend. Um, she is definitely just, you know, she's, she's even there for me before I'm even there for me, you know, and touch wood, that is such a blessing to have someone like that in your life. And I, and I pray that everybody ends up with someone like that as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's yeah, it's definitely her. As um, she's just an amazing, amazing frother. Yeah, she's a beautiful soul. So so important to have to have a, a frother to froth with, like by your side all the time. <laughs> I told her she's a frother too. So we'll have to coax her into once she's heard heard how good this conversation. Get her on here to froth out a little bit. I wonder what she says to this question. <laughs> Probably not, <laughs> <laughs> mate. Who who is um who is someone who would be just on the outside of your inner circle that you'd really love to connect with? Um, so I've just connected. I just did a podcast with um someone called Irfan Delini, and um he basically set up a festival in Tasmania called um, New Kind Festival, and yeah, he was definitely on the peripheries, and now we're just we've just been talking about a whole bunch of things and co-creating a whole bunch of amazing things together. So if you would have asked me this question maybe like you know, six days ago, that would have been the answer. Um, but, you know, that's, you know, I think we're consistently going through that space where there are people you know, that we want to bring into our life. But, you know, if you consistently just focus on that, they inevitably will be there for you as well. Holy shit. He's like one of my favourite new frothers. He's going to lose it now when I tell him that I interviewed you. Yeah, he, I, um, I actually presented at New Kind last year um, on the last day and mate that's so awesome he's he's such an inspirational dude like he, when he talks it, or when he's talking passionately or doing spoken word pretty much brings me to tears just the passion that the dude's got so i'm frothing that you guys have already connected <laughs> yeah i really appreciate his uh just his approach to uh like life and looking at it through art through poetry through philosophy but then also through economics through science through engineering through global issues, through global solutions. And, yeah, there was just a lot to talk about. And so, you know, I'm really glad to be True. And he, and he pulls no punches, no bullshit. Uh, he's just like, this is what I think. This is what, yeah. But he's also very, he's got a very good listening ear as well, which is super important in the space. Uh, mate, that's awesome. Just frothing, mate. Froth levels are high. Um, let's talk about uh, people who potentially passed away in your personal life or you know, celebrities that have passed away that have had massive influence on you. Is there anyone you'd like to shout out to and maybe describe how you still take um, influence from them? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, I actually just lost um, 
two beings really close to me um, in the last month and a half. So this has been something that has been um, still, you know, a bit of an open wound, but actually, no, quite well resolved now. But I think maybe if you asked me this question, maybe last week it would have been a bit more tender. Um, but the yeah, anyway. Um, so I I lost um, a beautiful mentor. Her name was um, Bhava, and um, yeah, rest in peace. She basically was the embodiment of grace. I don't really know how else to articulate it, um, but anybody that met her would basically attest to the fact that she was pretty much a goddess that you know embodied grace. Um, and I learned so much from her. Um, in her passing, she was, you know, unfortunately diagnosed with cancer, um, and we got to have some really deep chats in her in her final time, you know. And yeah, there's so much to speak to, but um, basically, you know, like when someone is that intimate with death, their relationship with life definitely changes. And um, yeah, some of the conversations she'd have with me would, you know, which one? Yeah, so I could reference so many things that I learned from her in this space. But for example, one thing she would say was, you know, Amrit, just being so intimate with death at the moment, I can hear people talking to me and they're opening their mouth and they're saying things, but really all I can hear are their limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. You know, and so when you, and just like those little drop-ins that, you know, I um, I had with her were phenomenal, you know, and um, even just some of her perspectives on, you know, like her illness, um, she is, she has always been a giver, very altruistic, very just giving to the community. She was a pillar in the community here in Melbourne. And um, yeah, and then she realized that, you know, she would say things like, you know, my illness is calling me to receive rather than give so much. And, like, just to say something like that about something that, you know, is potentially taking your life, um, just the grace, you know, even in those moments in that phase of your life, um, that has left such a lasting impression um, that grace is available to you at all times. Um, and, yeah, the other being was uh, my old dog, um, Brutus, the <laughs> rest is so. Um, he was just one of those dogs that just was, you know, just super wise, Super, super wise. He was just a wise being. He was, um, yeah, you'd sort of launch a bowl and he'd look at you and like, well, that was kind of stupid, man. You're going to go get that. <laughs> you know, it was just like, just not, yeah, just like on a different frequency. But everybody that came into contact with him was just like, man, what an absolute chiller. And he just taught me a lot about um, patience and temperance and just being accepting. And there was no, no one that he sort of came in touch with that wasn't pleased to meet him, like, you know. And, um, and even with like other, like he was a big dog. Um, and even then, like, he just really wanted to hang out with little dogs, always whimpering because, like, little dogs didn't understand him and he just wanted to get in there and have fun with them. And um, a couple of times, you know, there was a couple of big dogs that, you know, being big dogs arced up at him and he definitely put them in their place. Mm-hmm. That was something I learned from him as well, that it's important to have the composure and the strength to know when you need to act, but you never really need to wear your brawn on your chest, you know, it's just sort of just, you know, just be comfortable, be content, and then, you know, God forbid, should you need to be ready to act, to, for your loved ones, for anything, then you know that is op- that opportunity is there for you as well. But also, yeah, not being like macho or like egotistical or anything, and just being like a really sentient being. So, yeah, sorry, a bit of a ramble there, but yeah, those that's two- all right. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's actually beautiful. Yeah, it's it's beautiful to hear because in the passing of loved ones, whether human or animals, when you have that reflection, and you know, what am I going to take forward from their lives? It, you can actually, you, that's why I think so many people are more famous after they pass away, right? Because their their teachings become solidified and 
um, people reflect on them and, and can continually continue to learn. It sounds like you will continue to have those um, those thoughts and draw strength from those those experiences for years to come. Absolutely. And, you know, just celebrating those qualities and those values, you know, that they left behind and they remind you of is, um, is kind of what I've sort of taken on as well was like, you know, yes, there's definitely a time for mourning and then there's, you know, just remembering to celebrate, you know, what was. Celebrate for sure. That's something we don't associate with death enough, I reckon. Uh, mate, so if you could have 15 minutes with anyone in the world, we call these hero frothers who put stuff out to the universe. You're well versed on this. So are your colleagues, who would it be and take me to the first 15 minutes? Oh, okay. Um, the first 15 minutes, there's two people came directly to mind. It would either be Sadhguru or um, Tim Ferriss. And they're both two very different energies, so I can't really decide which one. Mate, put them in the same room. Okay, it's a, three, yeah. it's a three-way lunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How does it go down? Because Sadhguru is very, he's a mystic and Tim yep. Ferriss is very like grounded and, you know, trying to biohack and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting conversation, I guess, that we're having. And I think that's an interesting reflection for me to have on myself as well. You know, it's like there's this part of me that is a mystic, like, you know, is a mystic and doesn't um, like knows that everything is a mystery. The fact that, you know, we have brains that have synapses that happen to fire, like we can research this as much as we want, but we have no idea really how that came into being um but then at the same time there's some really cool stuff that we can do with our existence while we're here and i think that's why tim ferris um really inspires me so i think um yeah just we'd be discussing a lot about the nature of reality and how to best walk um walk in this life you know how to how to really walk with grace with dignity with wisdom and really how to live the life that is most profound and yet most joyous and fun and impactful at the same time. Those are the kind of conversations we'd be having, I think. Awesome. And where would you have the conversation with these guys? Oh, if I could pick any place. Uh, oh, okay, it's going to have to be basically Kofi Fi in Thailand because it's just a place where there's just no cars. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a small remote island and it's just every time... I need to retreat to a happy place inside. That's kind of the place. Um, it's just beautiful, just, you know, just blue waters and just, yeah, ridiculous nature and just green and white sandy beaches. Okay. Anywhere, why not there? All right. Um, so by the end of next year, we'll, this meeting will be organised. And... <laughs> Can't wait. That'll be podcast episode number 100, hopefully. Yeah, brilliant, mate. Yeah, awesome. I've planned my 100th podcast as well, actually, so... Um, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's an interesting one, but, um, <laughs> it's an interesting thing to think about. Like, where do I want to get to? Um, <laughs> mate, so if you, and I, I'm gonna, I think this is going to be a radical answer because, but you're, you already do so much teaching, so much guiding. If you can condense your genius and your skills into one workshop, what would it be? And you can give me a name if you want, like one short workshop for the world. Vitality. Amazing. Do I should I speak to that a little bit, or you just <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely unpack it a bit because it's such a it's such a loaded word, like powerful word. Um, and I think some people would have different understanding of what vitality is. Yeah, thank you. So thank you for giving me the space to unpack that. Um, basically, vitality to me is the 
opposite of depression. And obviously, as you know, um, you know, I struggled with depression for five to seven years. And so a lot of the work that I do is informed by not wanting people to have to go through what I went through, obviously. Um, and so in that, you know, I feel like the opposite of depression is expression. Um, but the actual health to express requires vitality. So I feel like vitality is expression is a symptom. Um, whereas vitality is actually what it takes to be able to express yourself openly, vulnerably, you know, like just to be able to be yourself and be comfortable and be crazy, you know. Um, and so in that regard, I think with vitality as well, what it means to me is, and this is really the, the deepest part of what I believe, is that health and purpose are actually the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, for a long time, I was a gym junkie for about nine years, going to the gym, but, you know, like studying like what I really you know, I enjoyed what I studied, but it didn't give me the career that I wanted. And then, you know, going to the job and then really just punching away at the career and going, you know, even though people aren't where I want to be in this corporate ladder going to where I want to go to, somehow it'll all go into place. And just feeling the unhealthiness of that where I was spending 12 hours of my day at work sometimes, but then expecting to be able to go to the gym for an hour, meditate for an hour and be healthy, you know, and that, that obviously health eluded me. Um, because vitality eluded me. Why? Because I was spending my 12 hours of my day in a state where I wasn't like, yo, like this is really incredible, you know, like we're doing what we're here to do. And I think that's where purpose comes into it. When you're here to do what you are meant to be doing and, you know, you know this quite well, there's the froth state, obviously the flow state. Um, like flow states arrive all the time in conscious conversation for me, touch wood, you know, so that's why I podcast and that's why I speak. And I remember when I first read Stephen Kotler's Stealing Fire, at the end of the book, he says, you know, people have decided to now design their whole life around flow because that lets them know that they're living life on purpose. And I was like, you know, maybe he's tooting his own horn a bit much, but now, like, that's actually become my reality. You know, wherever I can feel flow, I accept that, you know, the universe is providing me with resources to feel that flow because I am the universe looking in on myself and this is what this particular lens on the universe is meant to be observing itself as. And so to bring that full circle, basically health and purpose being the same thing, I think it's really profound um, because we use the word vitality for health, right? But really when you break it down, there's the word vital in vitality. So how vital are you to the functionings of the organism that is the universe and that is you living according to your purpose? And so hence, everything kind of distills into that word of vitality beautiful breakdown oh yeah i've already i've already been fortunate enough to unpack some of this with you um at, like in a longer longer form so um that's actually a good segue to uh how can people link into you and, and connect with you absolutely so dropping back in with me uh, the best place to do it is probably facebook or instagram uh, but i prefer facebook just because the messenger is really tidy place to stay connected with everybody um, there's a messenger there's a facebook page as well inspired evolution um, which is very well monitored as well so either my personal page or the inspired evolution page if you don't want to be friends with me for some reason that's cool um, find your way to the inspired evolution page give that a like and send us a personal message there and uh, I usually reply within a day or two tops. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, uh, just the resources and how many messages are coming in at any given time. Right. And uh, just on that note, just sorry to cut you off, sure. I just want to really um, let people know that, like, connection is one of my highest values. So if you, like, if any part of you really even just thinks about it or feels like there is an opportunity, don't feel ostracized, like, you'd be doing me a blessing by connecting. Beautiful. That's that's lovely. And I think, um, 
yeah, connections, what it's all about. That's what finding the frothers is about. It's about finding frothers, connecting with other frothers, sharing the froth, sharing the love. Mate, what are you frothing on the most about what's coming up in the world? So about the future of the universe. <laughs> oh, there's so much to froth about. Um, yeah, so I um, I feel like the thing that's helping me froth the most, this is going to sound somewhat like, yeah, I'm just going to have to go ahead and say it from this is the place where I'm going to start this point, but it's not about me. Um, but the fact that I can live a life as a podcaster and a mindfulness meditation speaker and coach and a personal development speaker and an inspirational speaker. So speaking and podcasting and meditation and mindfulness and personal development, the fact that I um, and can create a reality for myself in this space and that can be my career. For me, it's not like, oh, I did this because I actually have the philosophy that I'm the dead weight actually in society that if I can do it, like absolutely anybody else can do it. So um, so that's kind of what's got me frothing, the fact that, you know, that these are the potentials for the careers and the lifestyles that people have um, and that that is even a thing. And for me, that is like a real litmus for where society's at. The fact that we have the opportunities to be such creative people, not just creative about what we do, but also how we make our money, how we live our life. Like everything is available to unpick and unravel and design and create the way you want it to be created. Um, I think there's so much promise in that because humans are innately really, really good people. I firmly believe that. Um, And so the promise for tomorrow, um, the promise for peace, the promise for harmony is is just around the corner. And uh, I'm really inspired and frothing out on that. That's amazing. Love that too, mate. Um, just before you go, one last thing we like to do is, is swing a gift to all of our frothers that come on the podcast. And the gift is a connection to another frother. And sometimes sometimes I really like have to struggle and I'm trying to draw like a business link or some kind of, you know, oh, they, they do these sort of similar things so maybe they should connect. But I'm just going to go purely on the vibe I get from speaking to you with is the same vibe I get from speaking with a guy who co-founded a, a company um, and his name's Bill Rutten and he's just such a frother and he's he's a community he's a community manager and he's su- he's super into adventure and new experience and peak performance and all the same sorts of stuff and I feel like you guys would just froth on a radical vibration level um, and so yeah I'd love to hook you guys up for a coffee or at least a hang. I'm definitely up for more froths. <laughs> Well, mate, thank you so much for, for uh, dropping in on Finding the Frothers. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you guys face-to-face again. Um, and, yeah, much appreciated. Much love. It's a real honour to be a frother. <laughs> Great to have you, dude. Peace out. Quick one, guys. To keep this show afloat, feel free to subscribe and share the love. Maybe even leave a cheeky comment review. That'd be awesome. You can find the show notes on my website at bennywallington.com. And finally, this episode was sponsored by my grandma, Joyce Reichel, who passed away last year from dementia. She was one of the original frothers and would talk to anyone on the bus, train or wherever and generously impart her energy and wisdom. So if you see an elderly person who is looking for someone to froth with, go and hang out with them. They've got the best stories. Also, a huge shout out to our producer, Lily Haynes, for bringing this to life and Billy Otto, who created that beautiful introduction in true Billy Otto style. Also, my buddies in Australia and the UK who have been super generous in swimming me feedback. 
in a way, all of you guys are sponsoring me with your time. Love to the guests, past and future, and also to you guys for listening. Ciao for now. You.